This is the Intuitive Leadership Mastery Podcast. What would it take for you to double your profits and half your stress with your intuition? Learn how with your host, Michael Light. Hey there, this is Neil Napier from JobRack, and today I'm joined by Michael Smith. Michael is the founder of Intuitive Business Growth, and he is also author on book about business intuition. Now, I have to tell you that I met Michael about this time last day. I think it was at a at a DCBKK event in, in Bangkok, and uh, I'm just impressed by the approach that Michael takes towards building a business, towards being an entrepreneur, because many people that I meet day in, day out are all about, you know, they talk about the money that they're making, they talk about raw success, they post pictures of them sitting in business class in a class seats in an airplane and all the Lamborghinis and whatnot. But, you know, the the approach I think that Michael takes, and again this is my perception, is more of a more of a humble entrepreneur who's creating a difference not only in their business and for other people, but also spiritually, who's growing as a person and not just as a business. So Michael, please tell me if I have that right or completely wrong. You've got it completely right, Neil. You must have read my mind. <laughs> no, it's. I think it's. It's just. Um, it, it's amazing just to see the way when I read what you write. By the way, and you know, I want to tell you this: when I read what you write, I feel positive about what I'm doing, which is much better than reading someone else's face post about you know how much money they're making or, or all the flights that they're taking these days in business class. So yeah, it's a fresh change. Well, that's good to hear. And uh, you know, I work on writing positively, but and also I put positive energy into the messages I post on Facebook or emails. So that's a little extra tip for you and your listeners: that when you're sending an important email, give it some positive energy because it makes a difference. It kind of makes it pop out at the other end. That's actually quite interesting because only the other day I sent out an email. I know you know this is not our main topic today, but it's interesting because the other day I sent out an email in the morning and I sent out another in the evening. In the morning, there was a bit more negative spin on it because I wanted to instill fear. And in the evening, it was a bit more positive. And the positive one got so much better reaction in terms of people writing back to me, telling me their pain points, their problems that they were facing. That's great. Yeah, interesting. So, Michael, tell us a little bit more about yourself. I mean, your background, what do you do, your business, and so on? Sure. Well, you know, I started off more than 30 years ago uh, starting my own uh, business. And, you know, I I did a math degree, which is very logical. Uh, Mm -hmm. I was interested in personal growth stuff. But for a long time, when I ran my business, I did it from a logical, analytic point of view. You know, spreadsheets, pros and cons lists, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And when it came to hiring, um, you know, I had great difficulty hiring good staff. Um, it, you know, I do all the, you know, checking their references, going through their resume and what have you. But it seemed to be a crapshoot as to whether I got someone who was any good or not. So, uh, and, and I think that's the issue for a lot of uh, entrepreneurs hiring people. Um, that it, it's a challenge. True. And, and most entrepreneurs think that it's all about the numbers game in, in terms of hiring, that they put out a post, they get 50 applicants, maybe one or two of them will turn out to be good. And I think that's a very inefficient approach to take. And I know you made a post recently about intuition and abundance for successful hiring. So could you shed some more light on that? How do you see this being put into action? 
Well, I think it all starts about being super clear about what your ideal candidate for this position is. You know, and that's more than just a job description. It's what kind of characteristics they have, you know, what kind of person they are, what kind of qualities they have. You know, do they have integrity? Are they positive? Do they have a lot of energy or drive? How are they getting on with your other teammates? Every business has a different set of criteria. Uh, based on what's important to you and probably based on where you've had problems with people in the past because anytime you've had a problem with a previous employee you want to think okay what were the issues here how did I create this and what are the characteristics I, I want to avoid and then flip those negative characteristics around and turn them into positives so if you had someone who was always late to meetings you flip it around mm -hmm. and say I want someone who's always on time for meetings and deadlines Interesting because, you know, I myself have noticed that, again, just talking about meetings for a second, people who are often late, uh, they don't really have the commitment or the loyalty to be there when the chips are down. So we've tried, we've started avoiding those kind of people in our hiring process as well. And that's very easy to spot if you arrange uh, an interview with them and they're late for the interview and that's an important issue for you. That would be a no hire. No matter how clever they are, how charismatic. Uh, you know, how much their resume looks wonderful. If you've got things like that that you're looking out for, uh, subtle signals, and it's different for every person. For one person like you, it may be, are they on time for meetings? For someone else, it may be, do they take the care and attention to avoid spelling mistakes in their cover letter um, or in their resume? For someone else, it might be, do they bother to send a handwritten thank you note to you? So... You know, many different things you can look out for. It depends what's important for you, for your ideal candidate. True. But let me play devil's advocate for a second here, because um, I've been in situations in the past where I've desperately needed to hire someone. So, you know, my support staff le left. I had something big coming up and I needed someone new. And so I started to make exceptions. I started to... You know, so, so when I post a, make a job post saying, put this special keyword in your job post so I know you read it and people still don't do it, I look past that. I mean, that's, I think it's a human fallacy where we want an outcome so badly, we don't care what kind of outcome that is. Would you agree? I, I've done that myself where I've looked past it and then I have to tell you, often it's kind of come back to bite me in the behind. So, um, <laughs> you know, someone who, who doesn't, to pay attention to an Easter egg question in a, in a job mm -hmm. application, they're not going to pay attention to other details in the job. So assuming that attention to detail is important to you in hiring an, an, an admin assistant, which to me it is, but I mean, mm -hmm. it depends on what the job role is. Maybe for another job, that isn't so important. Then, True. you know, that's something to pay attention to. And I think that's an interesting point as well, because uh, most people and, you know, we see a lot of jobs coming through in job rack and a lot of people make the mistake of having a blanket policy for what they expect in a person, uh, you know, who joins a company. Now, that's OK if you want to build a certain kind of team. But you're right that certain jobs require different characteristics from people. Correct. They do. Um, and different businesses require different characteristics. You might have the same job admin assistant in two different businesses, and they hire two totally separate different kinds of people, but they both work out great because they had a different culture and a different team and a different leader in each company. Got it. And, and tell me this, Michael, how did you come to this conclusion? I mean, this is a very unique way of thinking when it comes to hiring because it's just never been talked about before. So how did you get to this? 
uh, well, I went through lots of bad experiences of hiring <laughs> people who weren't a good fit. And then I learned through both experience and working with uh, various business coaches to look out for these things ahead of time. And, mm-hmm. and as I said, it, it, this only works if you're really clear about what you want, both on the practical level when you're screening through all the applicants, but also on the spiritual level, you want to attract uh, the person who's a good fit for you. And if you're kind of putting a, you know, a fuzzy message out uh, to mm-hmm. the universe or putting a fuzzy job ad out, I mean, I've looked through some of the ads on JobRack, and I'll be honest, Neil, some <laughs> of them suck. You know, if I was a candidate, I'd be like, what do these people actually want me to do? You know, yeah. Um, so, no, I mean, you know, there are good ads there and there are bad ads. And, and that's true of every platform for advertising, you know. Of course. And, and, you know, I think the way I see it, a mistake that a lot of um, employers make is that they think that just because you're paying someone money, they have to sell themselves to us. They have to convince us that we should hire them. It goes the other way around as well because there's so much competition these days for positions both ways that even job seekers want to work for something that they really crave. Now, this is interesting, but my my dad used to tell me this, that, you know, back in my grandfather's days, uh, when they were offered a job, they would say, um, you know, what they would say, when do I when do I start, right? Because they wanted a job desperately. They had eight or nine kids. In my father's age, they would say, uh, okay, well, how much is it going to pay? So how much can I make? Because I want to provide a good life for my kids. In today's day and age, when we are offered a job, we ask the question, what is it? You know, we want to do something we enjoy. So I think it is very important that employers, companies actually sell the job to potential job seeker as well. Absolutely. Because if you don't, sell the job and that's both in your job ad it's in what your company's website looks like it's how your receptionist answers the phone or virtual receptionist service if you don't have someone on staff who does that all of these details come together and how you respond to emails and you're you've got to remember that you may not notice this because if you had a hundred people apply for the job and you didn't have these things right you weren't selling the job you might think, oh, well, I got 100 people who applied, but did you get the real superstars apply or not? Or did they skip over your job and you didn't notice? So definitely you need to sell the job, make the ad interesting, add a little bit of personality into it. The best job mm-hmm. ads make people smile a bit. They're like, yeah, I want to really work there. So I think that's very important to do. It's um, you're selling the company, your company, to the applicant. They are selling themselves to you for working for you. It's a mutual, um, you know, sales situation that occurs. So. True. And and do you think? I mean, you already have been doing this for some time. The retention rate that you have with uh, your your employees it, it's good. I mean, how do they feel about this as well? Uh, yeah, I have good retention rate. Uh, you know, I. Let's just look at the numbers. You want to put your analytic hat on. What does it cost you to hire someone? You know, how much do you spend on the advertising of the job? How much time do you spend with your staff spend screening and interviewing people? How much time do you spend training a new person for the position? You know, how much opportunity cost did you lose because you didn't get that hire to happen as quickly as you could have done? Maybe you lost six Mm -hmm. months of uh, extra sales that you could have made because you didn't have that position filled and you were losing opportunity. So, And then if you make a screw-up on hiring, what is that going to cost you? 
oh, now the team's kind of demoralized because they're working on someone who's a bit of a dipshit. Um, now you've got to go and deal with them and you're like, well, shall I fire them or am I going to like try and improve them? Now you've wasted the extra time with someone who's subpar uh, there. It can work out to tens of thousands of dollars to make a mistake in hiring. It's not something where you want to just say, oh, yeah, let's just um, not be serious about this. I'm just going to hire someone. Or a situation like you were referring to earlier where you're like in a, in a bit of a panic and you've got to hire someone mm -hmm. quick. Um, that wouldn't be a good idea. I mean, to put it into a, another metaphor, it, mm -hmm. if you had a health problem, would you be like, oh, I need to get an operation quick. Let me go down this alley and get a quick operation. No, you try and figure out what's the best doctor to go to, what's the best hospital, you know, and, and how am I going to get this dealt with? Or if you're really smart, you dealt with your health proactively so you don't get as sick as often. And the same thing with hiring. If you think uh, about how to make your employees happy, how to attract great candidates, and how to retain them, then you don't have panic situations and people don't leave you in the lurch. You know, they give you a reasonable amount of notice. They have documented how their job is doing. They do training for the new person who's going to take over. You know, you can't chain people to the job and you wouldn't want to but you can certainly hire people who are responsible and smart and do the best thing and want to help the business succeed um, and the other thing that's related to this that I mm -hmm. recommend people do is um, be always be hiring you know if you have you've already filled your admin assistant to your developer or your marketing position or sales or whatever but continue to look for quality people who are like, okay, when I have an open position, either because someone's left or they had to go and leave or my company has grown and I have extra opportunity, I would love to hire this person and make a Rolodex of good people that if they're still available in six months or a year's time when you need them, you can go straight to them. That way you don't have that kind of panic situation. That is true. I think um, a lot of again, a lot of entrepreneurs I work closely with, they tend to hire last minute. Their their problem is they think, okay, you know, next month we have something coming up, we need to hire someone in the next week or next two weeks. And like you said, that's never the right answer. That's never the way things should be as well. Which brings me to another question. I mean, knowing that you hire often, do you also have systems in place? Is more or less everything in your business now? systemize or are you working towards that i think it's more important to hire smart people who can create the systems uh people okay. who are smarter than me in whatever the field is you know i just hired someone from job rack who's a marketing genius and mm -hmm. you know he's going to know far more about what's important there and what systems need to be set up than for me to tell him here's every detail of what you should do so i mean maybe for some positions you'd have a system in place ahead of time. And certainly after you've hired someone uh, in there, you, you'd have the documentation to pass forward to whoever takes that role on after them. Um, but I think there's an over-reliance on having SOPs and systems um, there to the exclusion of hiring great candidates. Got it. I think that's a, that's a way for people to... You know, because they're sacrificed on, like you said, hiring the smart people. So that's a way to compensate, you know, by doing SOPs because that makes them feel less guilty about hiring someone who might not be as efficient or I, innovative. 
Hiring someone for your business is a long-term investment. You know, we talked earlier about how much it costs if you screw it up, mm-hmm. um, you know, in the tens of thousands of dollar range typically for a, a position. And, you know, why would you not want to have the best person there? Um, it just kind of boggles <laughs> my mind there that anyone would want to have, have you know, a, do it on the cheap. You know, why would you not go to the best place to hire people and pay the whatever the fee is to get great candidates and why would you not you know pay whoever you hire uh, you know what is a fair wage true true it, I, I agree with that you know it, it I, I don't know I, I can't quite it I, I mean it would be sort of like if you were building your own house and you're like oh yeah let's do some cardboard for the walls and and um <laughs> You know, we we don't really need a nice floor. Let, let's just leave a few splinters in the floor. We'll, we'll just step around those problem areas. You know, I mean, that's like hiring a bad, you know, a semi-good employee and like, oh, I won't give them the real ta- heavy tasks to do. I'll keep those for myself because they can't handle it. You know? um, that's true. I think people are afraid of, of, you know, giving up their control as well. I think that might be an issue. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, on giving up control. I think that's one of the number one issues entrepreneurs have in growing their businesses. If you, you know, I, I've had this issue myself where I'd grow my business to a certain level and then I was having difficulty getting a, above that level. And often it came down to me letting go of control and, you know, hiring someone better in that field to take over whatever the, the thing, the task was. I mean, some of the, the most successful entrepreneurs have been geniuses uh, at hiring people. They were not geniuses at whatever their business was. They really didn't know how to do a lot of the business. Um, mm. But what they did know how to do was to hire, how to hire and motivate top talent and to get them to work together as a team in order to reach the business's goals. That is very interesting. Very interesting. Um, I think, Michael, this approach is very unique, and I definitely appreciate you getting on a call with us today to talk about this. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we end the call today? You know, uh, the other thing I'd say, Mm -hmm. you know, when I I posted for this marketing position in JobRack was I I was looking at the responses people gave me, and and I looked at the factual things they gave, but I was also just feeling their energy. And one of the tips I would give people is always ask for people's social media profiles. You get mm-hmm. an enormous amount of information from uh, on the intuitive level from someone's LinkedIn or Twitter or uh, Facebook profile. You can feel what kind of person they are. You know, are they like eager, positive? Do they complain a lot? Do they post weird pictures that you really don't, you know, think are a good fit. You know, there's all kinds of, of information. Or, or maybe they just don't maintain their profile very well on LinkedIn and, and it's kind of out of date and, and missing a lot of stuff. So it, it can tell you a lot of stuff and give you a gut feel for someone very quickly. I have to admit, I think you kept the best for last because I've never thought about this and I think this could so this could simplify the hiring process so much just by being more intuitive, by looking at who they are as a person than just what they know. You, you can always train someone on skills for some new piece of software that's come out or whatever the task is. You cannot easily change someone's basic character. You need to hire for someone who has the right character fit. 
obviously you want them to be interested and have passion for the area they're going to work in. If they're into, you know, if you're going to be a bookkeeper for you, they better love dealing with numbers, and, uh, books. But if they don't have integrity, you've got a problem. You know? If they don't have reliability, like you were saying, to turn up on time, you've got another problem. So these are all good things to figure out. And, and often with human characteristics, it's not like a checklist you can look for. You've got to come to some kind of intuitive idea or gut feeling about, is this person a good fit? So, uh, yep, that's a, a great thing to do. So it's been great talking with you, Neil. I, I really appreciate what you guys are doing uh, with JobRack. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to working further with you in the future. Likewise, Michael, and thank you so much for such an interesting perspective on, on hiring. I think this would really help the job rack community. Thank you. Get strategies and show notes at intuitiveleadershipmastery.com. What would it take to see you here next time on the Intuitive Leadership Mastery Podcast?